Hey there, this is a Wild Femme episode, and if you're new around here, Wild actually is all about our connection to nature for well-being, but it also stands for women into living their dreams, because I really believe we have to take care of our bodies to live our one wild life, and with me right now is Chelsea Bree. She is actually a endometriosis blogger, podcaster, and coach that shares empowering and positive content around learning to live well with endometriosis despite the pain. And she actually has a really unique perspective with her past experience, helping people to really become empowered and leaders in all areas of their life. She has created a positive space where healing and creativity meet and where people come to learn about endometriosis and how to cope with their illness in new ways. So welcome, Chelsea. Hi. So glad to have you. And for those who don't know you at all, besides being an endometriosis coach and blogger and podcaster, what would you love to most be known for? Ooh, um, positivity. (laughs) I don't know. I always, it's funny because what people mostly say when they come like find me over on Instagram, they're like, wow, like, thank you for this refreshing perspective on endometriosis, right? Like a little more positive, lighthearted, happy showing that it's okay. And that you can still live your life even when you do have pain. Yeah. Which is exactly what we're going to be getting into. And like going back to your own experience with this, what do you wish you had known more in the beginning or known at all in the beginning when you started down the journey of realizing you had endometriosis and what you were going to do about it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think at the very beginning, like if I could go back and tell myself like one thing, it would be to just trust my own body, right? And to Mm -hmm. trust that like doctors don't know everything, right? Like they know so much and they are there to do the best that they can, but they're humans and humans make mistakes and they only know as much as they know, right? And so if you're coming in, like I was going to the doctor saying that I had all of this pain and they're like, well, everything's normal, you're fine like, well, you have all of this pain mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm passing out. Like, obviously I'm not fine. Um, and I just like keep pushing and pushing and it's okay to get a second, a third, a fourth opinion until somebody actually believes you, you know? Right. And is that what you ended up doing? Did you visit multiple practitioners and were they of different specialties or did you end up going any routes where you met with someone who looked at it in a more holistic way at some point? Yeah. So I was in and out of the ER for a year with just like severe abdomen pain that wasn't related to my period. I was passing out in between, like as I almost passing out when I was driving, like in class, I was calling out of class, calling out of work, like just all of the severe pains. I was in and out of the ER. The ER doctors were like, you're fine. All of your tests are normal. Like there's nothing wrong with you. And so then they thought it was GI issues. So I had colonoscopy and endoscopy and that was normal because I didn't have Crohn's or celiac. Um, And so I was like, okay, well, maybe it is just in my head. I had a doctor tell me that maybe it was anxiety because my parents were getting a divorce and maybe I was looking for attention. I was drug seeking, all of these things and just being like totally gaslit by doctors. And I finally found this OBGYN who was like, well, it's a possibility that you might have endometriosis. Your mom has endometriosis. I can't believe nobody's ever 
like caught this before. If you've been like in and out of the doctors, like come over, we'll do an exploratory lap. Um, and I was living in Montana at the time he was over in Washington where my mom lived. Um, and so I went over there and had the exploratory lap and I had stage four endometriosis all over my bowels. My bowels were adhered to my abdominal wall. My appendix was like down under my uterus. Um, like no wonder I was having this all over abdomen pain, you know, like my bowels were constricted. (laughs) I couldn't, they couldn't work properly. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm very grateful for that doctor. He, he did the incorrect type of surgery. (laughs) Um, but at that time, like I didn't know that there was a difference, you know? And so that surgery ended up not helping my pain. So I had another surgery, which didn't help my pain. I went on into medical menopause that didn't help my pain. Um, and finally decided to take my life and my health into my own hands. Right. And look into other holistic ways of managing, managing this illness. And that's kind of where I've gotten to where I am today, where I have more good days than bad. Yeah. And for someone listening who is either newly diagnosed or maybe they've been on the journey for a while, but they still find that they have more challenging days than ones that are easier for them to manage. What would be some of the things that you've incorporated in this more holistic approach for yourself and with the people you work with too. Yeah, of course. Um, so what I found is like managing endometriosis is so unique. Like everybody has their own unique body, unique healing plan. They need a unique set of healing tools, you know, and the number one thing or the first thing that I actually found relief from was diet, right? Like figuring out what those triggers were for my own body. Um, And then learning how to like actually eat whole foods and cook for myself and move my body more working on mindset um, and really like moving away from this. Like, I hate you. Can I cuss on here? (laughs) F you body. (laughs) Um, Like just so mad at my body for not being able to function properly into this like more loving space Mm -hmm. into like being grateful that my body can still do what it's doing, like actual full acceptance of the potential limitations that this illness can cause and still finding life beyond that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like seeing it as a challenge, but one that has like lessons in it for you too, or ways that it's kind of guiding you to a certain realization about your body, because I know you've had quite the insights that you always share about body image and how we talk to ourselves and just that view that we have. So obviously that was a big piece of your journey. If, if someone is struggling with that, is there anything in particular that you would share in that regard? I mean, I know you just said a few things about, you know, how we talk to ourselves and all of that, but in your coaching and in what you talk with women about, what else do you notice is something to be aware of in the language or in, in the thought pattern or, and also like, then how can we shift that? Yeah. So what I find a lot with like clients and just women that I talk to and what, how was happening to me mm-hmm. when I was first diagnosed, right. was that I was really angry. And so like, we have mm-hmm. this guilt around what we should, what we believe that we should be doing. Right. And this life that we should be living and how much sex we should be having. And we need to have clean the house, but like, I'm so tired. I can't rest. Like I'm lazy if I'm resting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, what like the first thing that I do with a lot of my clients is actually like taking a little step back and just recognizing what you're actually saying to yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. most people don't even know that they're being so mean to themselves. But if you like take a journal 
and you start writing down like every thought that you think to yourself, you know, like it's kind of tedious for the first couple of days, but 90% of the things that we say to ourselves are repetitive, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you'll start to see a pattern that you're saying like, Oh, I'm a burden. Oh, I'm lazy. Oh, I, I'm a terrible person because I'm hurting and I can't help my family or whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're saying to yourself on a constant basis, you'll see a pattern and then you can work on disproving those beliefs, right. And creating new realities for yourself. And that seems like a little woo woo as I'm saying that right now. (laughs) What I mean by that is like, if you believe that you're a burden or that you're lazy, like, is there anything in the realm of possibility that proves that you're not actually that? Right. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee that you can find that there's evidence proving that you're not actually lazy and you're not actually a burden. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you can reword that in a more empowering way and start to say that to yourself instead. And just like being asking confident. yourself, is that actually true? Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And so kind of just um, basically <sighs> being more conscious with your thoughts and your, the things mm-hmm. you're telling yourself and your beliefs. And it sounds like writing things down and journaling is a big part of your practice. It is, but that's how I, that's because that's how I process. Like personally, I, I write everything. Like I get all my th- thoughts out on paper. Some of my clients say like, Oh, I don't want to journal, you know, and I've run into that a lot with other people where like journaling kind of gets them in a really dark place. Uh-huh. Um, and so if that's not how you process your thoughts, like that's totally fine and normal. Like it's maybe you like process by like speaking into like an audio app or just like speaking out loud or I mean, just thinking in your head, but it, it makes it a little easier if you can actually physically see it or hear it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess one tip for that, I would like, if you're journaling and you feel like it's too much, you don't have to ever read that again. You can burn it. That's mm-hmm. like a huge process. Like a practice that I do with um, my clients is have them like write down all of these like really mean things that they're saying to themselves, get it out of their head on paper and then burn it safely, but burn it. Uh (laughs) And so nobody ever has to read that again. And it kind of is this cathartic feeling of like release, right? Yeah, that's great. And with pain being so linked to endometriosis and that affecting everything on a day-to-day basis, like what are some of the strategies that you have found that are like key practices for you on a, on a regular, maybe not a daily, but on a consistent basis to manage it, whether it's from a mindset point or physical things that you do, or just routines, anything that stands out for you specifically for pain. Yeah. So in the, in the beginning, um, it's really easy to focus on just the tactical things, right? All right. I got to eat perfect and I got to fix my diet and I have to do all these things Mm -hmm. like tactically, physically to try to manage my pain, right? Because our pain is physical, Mm -hmm. but like you were just saying that mindset is so important. Um, but I guess some first steps to be, that I would recommend taking would Mm -hmm. be to look at your diet, right? You don't have to super restrict everything. You don't have to follow the endo diet, which I think is like such bullshit. It's like super restrictive. You do not need to do that. Um, but just figure out like what actually is causing your body to trigger, right? Your endometriosis to trigger what foods are doing that. And then how can you incorporate like more whole foods, more antioxidants, more plants, more like grass fed animal organs and things like that to get all of the micronutrients. Right. But then also movement. So like diet and movement are huge. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I know they're like, okay, well, I'm in all of this pain. Like how am I supposed to move when I'm in all this pain? I mean, walking 
is perfectly fine. Walking in is an exercise, right? Some stretching, some yoga, um, Tai Chi, like any kind of movement, some swimming, like whatever just feels good in your body in that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And so diet and movement are huge. And then mindset, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Taking the first step. I know we did an episode for your podcast on Mm -hmm. movement and endometriosis and kind of being able to anchor to a cycle, regardless of whether that's inner or outer and kind of how we move in rhythms. And I remember we focused a lot on how you really adapt with how you're feeling and you really can still be consistent within that adaptation instead of kind of like you were saying earlier, having this obligation or this, I should be doing Mm -hmm. this today or, you know, getting caught up in what you see other people doing and things like that, that it, it really comes back to tuning in to your own body and having body awareness, which maybe is sometimes difficult with chronic pain, right? Because in a way you're wanting to avoid that, that feeling. So do you find that any um, body awareness or like tapping into the intuition or knowing about what your body needs has ever been a challenge for you or seeing that with clients you work with? I'm just kind of thinking of that now that we're talking about that in relationship to movement too, and knowing what's best for me and not really being able to know, well, what is that? Yeah. And I mean, I think that like you were just saying, it kind of goes back to this like body awareness and like being able to actually listen to your body and believe what it's telling you, you know? And so like really tapping into your intuition and getting quiet and listening to like what your, um, your body's telling you, like, is this hurting? Does this feel good? Like, how do I feel afterwards? How do I feel before, you know, like, what are the things I'm telling myself that are kind of hindering me from even starting, um, the one, one thing about chronic pain that is interesting, right. Is that like, say you've had excision surgery. So like the endometriosis is physically removed from your body. Like most people still have a little bit of pain. Right. And most of that chronic pain is abnormal nerves firing. Mm -hmm. Not all of the time, but, um, a portion of it could possibly be like abnormal pain pathways. Right. And so we, Mm -hmm. we get really scared to even do the movement because we're scared it's going to cause us more pain when all reality it's not that not moving is causing us more pain Mm -hmm. right because it's causing muscle atrophy and all of these like downward spiral things that go in the chronic pain cycle Mm -hmm. um so even incorporating just a little bit of stretching every single day is so important yeah it sounds like you do a conscious check-in of like what would feel good right now and then maybe afterwards like did that feel good And this reminds me of like what I teach and having people track and just keep a very simple journal of Mm -hmm. their workouts and their cycle and different patterns that they can notice then with a few things. And it doesn't take very long to do. And, you know, it it just is so helpful to be able to look back and see so that you can then start to create plans that maybe align a little bit better for you, or you can see what's working and that gives you confidence too, or you can see what's not working. And then that's helpful to just let that go. Yeah. Well, and it, yeah, it kind of goes back to that whole part of like accepting where you are right now and being okay with that. Right. And not trying to like push for this expectation of, Oh, I should be running every single day, or I should be lifting weights like really heavy, you know, like just cause you can't do that right now, or it's not feeling good in your body right now. doesn't mean you won't be able to do that in the future. Exactly. But I love that idea of like writing it down and tracking it just as like a visual reference. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, good reminder. Like just maybe not right now, but that doesn't mean that that's true in the future or at another time, even tomorrow, <laughs> which yeah. is the future. Yeah. So I'm curious, do you have 
a cycle that you most anchor to inner cycle, lunar cycle, seasonal cycles? And what would that be? How does that feel? Yeah. So, I mean, my, I have extremely regular periods, so I just anchor to my menstrual cycle. Um, and I track that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And how I'm feeling and all of those things. Um, before my period was super regular, I tracked with the moon cycles. Okay. Right. And so I did seed cycling. Have you ever heard of seed cycling? It's like a a way to naturally balance your hormones. It's like a naturopathic remedy. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did a lot of seed cycling to get my body back on like a cyclic rhythm, right? Because we're, Mm -hmm. we're females. That's how we're supposed to, the be is cyclical. Yeah. So did that work well for you? You, You're talking about using flaxseed, sesame, Mm -hmm. pumpkin, Um, maybe just briefly explain what that looks like for those that might not know anything about it. Yeah. So, um, so seed cycling, you essentially use different seeds during different phases of your menstrual cycle. And if you don't have a normal cycle, you, you've link it up with the moon cycle, right? So the new moon and the full moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and every two weeks you change the different seeds. And what that does is those seeds, they either support progesterone or they support estrogen. So depending on where you are in your cycle, it helps to like regulate your body back to that cyclical, cyclical motion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something you can totally search and find information yeah. about, isn't it? Um, sunflower and sesame for progesterone for like the second half of the cycle and then flax and pumpkin for, mm-hmm. for the first, the first half for so supporting start, yeah, estrogen. Mm-hmm. Yep. You start yeah. with the new moon. Yes. And the new moon you'd start estrogen. with um, pumpkin and flaxseed and then full moon you would start with the other two. Yes. Yeah. But as far as like, you know, how much and maybe creative ways to get them into your diet, that's something yeah. you can look into unless, yeah, you, unless you have a thought to share there on what you did. <laughs> Um, well, so, so some of my clients just eat them plain. Yeah. Um, I always made like hormone balancing balls, right? So I'd mix them oh, with yeah. like peanut butter or um, cacao and like other like maca and like fun little yes. yummies um, and then froze them, right? And so then they were like delicious little treats in the middle of the day. <laughs> yes, those are yummy. I make yeah. a lot of those bites balls, those mm-hmm. seed and nut mixtures with dates and things. Yeah, so good. Yeah, they are so good. <laughs> So back to the uh, exercise and movement we were talking about, uh, I love to ask all the Wild Femme guests, are you moving your body today? And if so, what's that going to look like? Yeah. So um, here in Texas, we're in the middle of a winter storm. So I usually like, typically I would like go to a yoga class or go to the gym today. We're kind of housebound um, and we're packing because we're moving. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do a little bit of yoga at home tonight. Um, but that's another wonderful thing about the internet, right? Is there's all of these like on-demand classes that you can do at home, which has made it super, super simple, even if there are inclement weather outside. <laughs> yes. I love how you're adapting. Yeah. <laughs> Always possibilities. Yes. Lots and of what else is something that you do most days for your health? Whether mm-hmm. that be physical health, mental health, any kind of what Journaling. comes to you? Journaling. <laughs> Yeah. Like you talked yeah. about earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always like in the mornings I start with like, I'll journal out and just like brain dump all my thoughts, um, whatever is coming up that day. But I also practice gratitude every single day, yeah. right? Because being gr- grateful for the things that you have right now is like one of the surefire ways to like continue to move in a positive Raise mindset, it up, Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask you if there was maybe a simple prompt that 
you could share for people to start with if journaling is something they either struggle with or it's new to them. But I think Mm -hmm. you just gave it. It's maybe just starting with I am grateful for and then doing a list stream. Yeah, Yeah. it's a huge difference. It really does. And I mean, you could list out like the three things that you're grateful for today. Like it can be the same three things every single day, but just practicing that gratitude is going to help shift you and like raise your vibe a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing they could do is if you do like start to track, like the things that you're saying to yourself and you're trying to rewrite one of those into like a positive empowering saying that you can say to yourself, Mm -hmm. that out in the morning. Yeah. Right. To be able to repeat put it on repeat and keep Mm -hmm. writing that stream. Yeah. Yeah. So last question, possibly, um, unless you have something else to share, which I'll ask you, but what does wild mean to you? I mean, women into living their dreams is all about taking control of your life and the things that you're given in this life. And even if you can't pick the circumstances, still taking the bull by the horns, I guess. (laughs) And you can still have everything that you want, right? You, you are the conscious creator of the life that you're living right now, you know? So what are you choosing daily? That's so good. Love that. Yeah. And you can tell that you yourself practice that so much that, you know, you've had these you've had these things come up for you in life, just like we all have those things. And it's like your invitation to practice whether you're going to feel like it's happening to you or for you, or not even maybe if that's too hard to wrap your head around, like that it's, it's happening. And what lesson is there in this? Or, you know, despite the challenge, what can I, what can I um, reflect on through this process? Yeah, exactly. And if, Like if you asked yourself, like, what if this is happening for me, right? Mm -hmm. What if everything that's happening in my life is for me, then who do I want to be in the face of that? And what do I want to do about it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. May not be easy to always Mm -hmm. believe, but it is, I believe true that all things happen for us. I agree. Is, Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you would like women to know about their bodies, about endometriosis, anything that your doctor may not have told you about endometriosis, but here you go. You're hearing hearing it from Chelsea. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, just listen to your body. If you're feeling pain, like your pain is real. Don't let any doctor ever dismiss that pain, right? They're not in your body. They have no clue. And if you're having any kind of severe pain, that's making you pass out or vomit or is not relieved by ibuprofen, there's a good possibility that you're, you have endometriosis, right? And so seeking out a doctor to help you get that diagnosis, right? Um, and preferably it would be an endometriosis specialist. You can find a list of those on icarebetter.com or Nancy's Nook Facebook, Mm -hmm. um, because they are, there's only like 200 of them worldwide, which is nuts for how many people that have endometriosis. It's not enough. Um, but they actually know all of the different presentations of what endometriosis looks like, because I can tell you from like the hundreds of women that I've coached and helped a lot of them have undergone surgery and they've been told that they don't have endometriosis because the doctor wasn't well trained in endometriosis. They continue to have pain, go in and have it with an endo specialist. And they have like stage four endometriosis, right? Because they had like clear microscopic lesions or whatever, you know, like that just the doctor wasn't trained enough 
to know, you know, and that's not the doctor's fault. They're only taught what they're taught. Um, but just keep pushing and you'll be okay. Come find me on Instagram. We'll chat. Yeah. Those resources are great too. I'll add those websites you mentioned to the show notes along with links to your Instagram and website. So Mm -hmm. yeah, at Chelsea Bree on Instagram, right. Mm -hmm. And then your website is chelseabree.com. Chelseabree.com. Yes. And the endo, Mm -hmm. uh, podcast and debate podcast. Mm -hmm. So I'll link all those for those of you below. It'll be in the show notes uh, that you see linked here. And thank you so much, Chelsea, for for having me sharing everything that you have and for the work you're doing to inspire women through your past experience and just everything that you have really said yes to. I think it's really important that you're, you know, you've gone this kind of walked this path and now you're helping other women to see similar ways that they might be able to live more well and uh, really live a happy life despite pain with endometriosis. So I appreciate that. Thank you. And thank you for everyone. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I love it. And like, if anybody's listening and they do want to come say hi, like, do not be afraid. Come say hi. Yeah. She really does want you to say hi. And I do too. So if there's anything that landed with you from this episode, whether you're watching, listening, um, you know, come find us both, tag us on Instagram and let us know because it really is wonderful to hear the feedback and kind of what resonated with you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for watching, listening. And until we chat again, go live your one wild life.